Stairway to Space, a Europlanet Early Career Network podcast. Welcome to another episode of the podcast Starway to Space. Today we are starting the first of a series of episodes dedicated to PhD life. The series are made to help all of the students who are interested in starting a PhD and want to have a better idea about this commitment. We are going to share our personal experience that we hope can help you to clarify the challenges but also the positive aspects of PhD. Today, we will dedicate our first episode to the changes and adjustments that PhD life might request. My name is Melissa Mirino, and I held a PhD in planetary science. Currently, I'm co-chair of the APEC Communications Working Group, and I am a science communicator at MUSE, Museum of Science in Italy. Along with me, behind their microphones are sitting Pivos Caracozzas, postdoc at ENGB in Bologna and co-chair of the Early Career Support Working Group and contributor to the Communications Working Group. Then Erika Luzzi, postdoc at the Bay Area Environmental Research and co-chair of IPEC. And we also have Jose Eduardo Silva, who finalizes PhD in the field of planetary atmospheres. And last but not least, Ilaria Di Pietro, technologist at the Italian Space Agency, who got her PhD in planetary science on Mars and she's also a member of many EPEC working groups. To break the ice, let's start just saying why we got passionate about our topics and why we have decided to do a PhD in first place. For example, I have been inspired a lot by astronaut stories, human missions and outreach events like planetarium shows. Then I decided that I wanted to be part of the space family as a researcher, so of course PhD is the first step to take in order to pursue that career path. But what about you guys? Is that the same for all of you? Erika. Hi, everyone. Uh, yeah, actually, I also knew I wanted to be a researcher. Although when you first start your PhD, there are many things that you don't know about this complex career. Um, so I studied geology because I wanted to spend as much time as possible in the nature. But then during a class, a professor showed some geological structures on Mars, some ripples. And in that moment, I realized that's what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. So in the end, now I work mostly on my computer, but it's still awesome to go to the field for terrestrial analogs. So I do feel like my dreams came true, you know? Oh, that's good to hear. And what about you, Jose? Well, uh, for me, uh, the PhD was a natural progression for my professional life. Uh, ever since high school, I became increasingly interested in astronomy and pursued a physics degree for that purpose moving to a master's degree to deepen my understanding of the sky. So what really drove me down this path was mostly curiosity, and the rest are just details. <laughs> and you, Ilaria? Hi, everyone. Well, as far as I can remember, getting a PhD in planetary sciences was the only thing that mattered during my university studies. Keeping in mind my final goals, um, I always did my best, like good grades, extra activities, and even extra exams. Admissions rates are always low, but mm, luckily I succeeded and my efforts were rewarded. You have kind of interesting stories to tell. Uh, I'd say that I wanted to study. I obtained my first degree in geoscience. Then while I was doing my master's in geophysics, I had the chance to do my internship in a very interesting project on planetary seismology. 
for a candidate mission at that time and slowly dying mission today that we're recording uh, inside. It was actually an offer that I couldn't and wouldn't ever refuse. So I continued my PhD studies on the same field and the same institution as my master's degree. Okay, that's interesting. So it seems like for many of us, the passion for space started quite early, um, but there's nothing wrong in not having ideas so clear from the beginning. Uh, in fact, I get the feeling that sometimes people might start a PhD because they still have not decided what to do and they might hope to get some time to think about the future by doing it. But since PhDs last quite a lot, I'm not sure that starting a PhD with no clear idea about the future is the best thing, since there is a risk of being trapped in the academic system, which is not always that well evaluated when applying for jobs. And I was wondering, could it be better to gain more working experience and then start a PhD? What do you think, guys? Well, uh, I was actually discouraged to do that by several of my fellows. Uh, I found that it's very difficult to find research positions outside of academia, at least in my country, Portugal. And I was not yet ready to move out at the time. But I understand your reasoning, Melissa. Uh, a PhD is not something to be taken lightly. It's a three, four year long um, of your life. It's a three, four year long journey. It demands a high motivation to complete. But for most fields in planetary science, I don't think that at PhD level, your work experience outside of academia is very useful. Yeah, I agree with Jose. I guess it really depends on how uncertain you are. If it's just, you know, a bit of fear of the unknown, then I wouldn't lose time because then you risk to finish your PhD at an age where you seek stability. And we all know that in the academic career, the path for stability is very, very long. So you want to start the process as soon as possible. Also, in my case, um, I want to do planetary geology. And in industry, there are very few, if not none, possibilities for this profile. So I'd have to renounce to my true passion and I don't see that happening because science and, you know, working collectively for its advancement, this is what literally keeps me alive. I believe that PhD is actually a working experience. Uh, and even if we are still students, it is a learning process under supervision, but it's still a working experience. So if someone wants to be a scientist, I think that spending time outside of this supervised environment might not be so beneficial. On the other hand, of course, nothing is absolute. I personally know many people who went both ways, from industry to academia and the other way around. Well, I actually was discouraged by some PhD students before applying and at the beginning of my path. It was so frustrating and this is the reason why I don't like unsolicited advice and I personally tend to avoid doing so with other people, independently of the topic. Um, I would rather encourage or discourage someone depending on how uncertain they are, but only if we are close friends or if they ask me to do so. Uh, this is really a good point, Ilaria. I think it is always good to learn about people's opinions and experiences, but the best thing that people could do is always to make decisions based on personal thoughts and goals. And talking about decisions, the first step for a PhD search is the understanding that we might have to leave our country and develop projects somewhere else. And I think this is not easy, 
because anyway we will leave many things behind like friends family and uh, i mean this could have some impact on our relationships um for example Phoebus, you are from greece right but i know that you have carried out your phd in france how much has your life changed and how hard was it for you to move abroad i was uh, 23 to 24 years old at that time and it was quite a change um, actually, the political and economical situation in Greece at that time, or since that time, helped me a lot in order to not have any second thoughts about uh, moving abroad. Uh, it is hard to talk about how difficult it was because it would be more difficult for me to not do this move. Oh, I see. Uh, economical difficulties are definitely a good motivator. And I hope, I hope that now the situation is better for you and for your native country, of course. Um, did you have any type of cultural shock when you arrived? Uh, not really, I wouldn't say so. I mean, I went from Greece to France, uh, countries with a very similar culture, no matter how they both stereotypically try to prove that they're so unique. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And what about you, Erika? I know that you also delivered your PhD project abroad. Have you ever been homesick? Uh, I've been terribly homesick and even got hospitalized once for depression. Um, I don't mean to make all of you sad, but living thousands of kilometers far, far from family and friends is incredibly hard. And if you add this loneliness to the difficulties of doing research, then the amount of sacrifices that you have to be willing to make is quite high. And this should be stated out loud more often. I mean, dreams are not cheap. Oh gosh, first of all, I'm so sorry to hear that you have been hospitalized for that. And I hope you're doing okay now. Yeah, yeah, I'm okay now. But folks, what we do is not easy and it's not just about loneliness because you can make new friends and colleagues but you're still going to miss the climate you're used to and the food you've grown up with uh, the language of your thoughts and dreams even uh, the sense of humor typical of your country but on the other hand coming back home becomes like a magical moment you know so the first time that you catch that familiar landscape after months even years it's just cathartic and it makes you realize uh, how much you sacrificed and if it was worth it, so if you're willing to, to do more. Thank you so much, Erica, for sharing this. I think it's really brave and always important to report these types of situations. And it's also a good point that you are bringing here. Personally, the experiences I had abroad opened my mind a lot and teach me also how to be more critical of my own culture and country and, you know, as well as appreciate a lot of what is good. In this way, we can really make a good comparison and also learn to accept and love differences. And talking about differences, uh, the question is always for Fibos and Erika. Uh, what have you done to adjust to the new life and culture? Any tips for people who are starting their PhD abroad? I personally did the things that I liked, not in order to adapt a new lifestyle, but in order to explore the opportunities that the new land uh, that I was calling home uh, had to offer me. Uh, I think that the most unique thing that I did in France, uh, that I never thought of doing it back in Greece, was uh, to just play rugby. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, well, in my experience, try and learn the local language. I didn't, and I know for sure that it affected my inclusion in the Austin society. 
and also allow yourself to miss home because suppressing the feeling doesn't make it go away. The tips are quite good, guys. Thank you. Uh, it is always good to be open-minded. And after all, when we move abroad, we are the guests and the weird ones. So it is good to find a way to understand other points of view in order to adjust. Uh, I've also found it quite useful and helpful to uh, start an activity within or outside the university, like FIVOS, and this helped me to find people who might share the same interests. I mean, the bond might not start at first, but keep trying and you will find someone great to share experiences and good memories with. I also think that it's fantastic to learn and live in a new culture. I mean, we can really learn a lot. And in this regard, even if there are difficulties, would you still recommend having experiences abroad? Totally. Every day I talk to someone new and I suggest having an experience abroad. It is hard, it involves stress, frustration, loneliness, but the personal growth is just beyond our imagination, both on the human side and the professional side. Our planet is a wonderful place, so I think that it's worth it to live in many places and interact with different cultures. Science, on the other hand, is a very big matter and it needs people who can understand how diversity contributes to its progress. Therefore, I'd say it's necessary to move if you want to be a good scientist. Okay, thank you so much, Vivos and Erika. And now let's give the word to Jose and Ilaria. Uh, you have been among the students who have remained within the same university for their PhD. Do you think that remaining closer to your support group could have helped you more in coping with the PhD life? Yes, no, and why? Well, uh, to start, I had to move from my hometown uh, to Lisbon when I went to university. Uh, there were always challenges, but uh, much less things to adapt the, as opposed to Erika and, and Fivos' case. Uh, and then uh, for the PhD, I stayed in Lisbon because I was happy where I was working. Uh, my team has always been uh, very, very supportive and all other things in life were great at the time. Oh, I'm really glad to hear that your group supported you so well. I think it's extremely important to be encouraged at this stage of uh, our career. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I would extend that to every stage of our career. Uh, even so, as all of us, uh, I have had uh, an unusual PhD experience due to the COVID-19 pandemic. It, uh, for me, it covered at least two-thirds of the PhD. I believe that many of the challenges came because of the pandemic and the inherent isolation that came from it and not from the PhD itself. <laughs> I totally understand that. PhD can get really stressful and being locked in a room for a couple of years did not help much. Um, what about you, Ilaria? Do you think that remaining in the same institution helped you with the PhD life? Well, Melissa, um, unlikely remaining within the same institution did not make my PhD life easier at all. My family and closest friends were in my hometown, of course, and my university friends left right after their master's graduations since they chose the career in the gas and oil field rather than in academia. It's hard to admit, but I felt lonely sometimes and I didn't feel I had some kind of, of uh, advantage remaining in the uh, same university, actually. But I survived after all. <laughs> oh gosh, I'm so sorry that your experience was not that great either. I hope you are not discouraging people here, um, but I'm really... 
I'm really happy and proud of all of us and all the people who keep chasing their dreams even in difficult situations. Um, sometimes it would be so much easier to give up, but here you are, Ilaria, carrying on a postdoc, so well done. I applaud you. Thank you. <laughs> so let's get, <laughs> let's get more technical. Um, another change that we might have to face during the PhD is that there is the chance that we have to leave our comfort zone and being flexible in developing new skills to carry on a topic different from our original background. Um, what was your experience in that matter? Well, uh, I would say um, most of the times you compromise a little. Uh, in the case of my PhD, it was mostly reinforcing things that I was learning in my master's to produce scientifically useful results. Uh, however, because of the pandemic, there are a lot of delays. And uh, one thing that I was supposed to learn never really, really came to fruition, which was quite frustrating. But within our group, we tried to collaborate on each other's work, even if we do slightly different things, from atmosphere dynamics to chemical retrieval. And you end up learning much more if we're able to act together. That's actually been my goal lately, to have a broader range of expertise in planetary science studies, rather than specializing in one very specific thing. <laughs> I wish I could be in your working group one day, Jose. It sounds like amazing. Um, and what All about right, you're you? You're welcome. <laughs> okay, I will think about it. Um, and what about you, Ilaria? My bachelor's is in geology but I chose to already focus my master's on planetary sciences. I, for example, I took for exams such as uh, comparative geology, planetology, missions, and space explorations. Um, in this light, a PhD in the planetary field was the most natural progression of my academic path. Of course, this doesn't mean uh, I didn't have to learn new skills. Uh, I had to self-learn basic programming and how to use graphic software to give uh, some examples. I mean, the key to be a good researcher is you never stop learning, no? Yeah, hard work, hard work and hard work. Could this be the key to succeed? And what about you, Erika? Um, also in my case, my bachelor and also my master are in, let's call it regular geology. Uh, and then during my master, I decided to specialize in planetary geology. And so I remember I Googled professors in Europe working on the topic, sent a bunch of emails, got a bunch of notes. Uh, but then a professor, call it a coincidence, his name is Angelo, which means angel in Italian, uh, sent me a yep. And a few months later, I was writing my master thesis in Germany with him in planetary geology. And I worked very, very hard in those months to uh, to learn all these new things about planetary sciences that were quite different from regular geology. And in the end, I think it turned out pretty well for my career. Uh, yeah, it is such a rewarding feeling to work hard and finally get there, right? It makes the game worth playing. Yep, uh, the game is also about the journey, not just the destination. Okay, thank you guys for finding the time to share your experience today. Um, just to summarize, we saw how even doing similar things, our living experiences can be really different. Uh, PhD life can get very tough, but with determination uh, and motivation you can make it. So if you are doing your PhD now and you feel stressed and highly frustrated, we just want you to know that you are not alone. Uh, many people might experience the same feelings. So keep moving uh, because you can make it. 
And before we close the episode, I would like to do a quick game. I will call it the PhD checklist. We have to give very quick answers to the question. What do you think students should avoid during their PhD? Really quick, procrastinate. Socially isolating. I would expand this to any kind of field or, or job. Don't take your work home or to the place you're supposed to relax. Working evenings and weekends. I'd say avoid to be operational. Uh, you're not working on a production line. Put your thought on and metaphorically your soul on what you're doing and avoid to not leave. Two negations there. This means don't forget to leave. You learn how to be a scientist and how to live as a scientist. Thank you, guys, and uh, thank you to all our listeners for following us. We hope that this episode was useful for you to have a better idea about the changes that you might uh, have to face. Uh, please remember to follow our next episode to learn more about the PhD life. The next one will be dedicated to the first steps of the PhD searching from applications to interviews. We will wait you there. Bye-bye.